Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Heavenly Father, as we enter your word, God, we enter your word with first a hunger in our hearts to know the truth. We want to know the truth because you said, sir, that if we would know the truth, it would make us free. And God, every one of us admit, God, there's areas in our lives that's constantly needing addressing so that we really can be free, free in our, in our spirit, free in our soul, and free in our bodies. Can you give him praise for that? And God, so today, we're calling on you. And Lord God, we believe, Psalms 107, verse 20, it says, you sent your word to heal us, to heal us in every area. Amen. And to deliver us from destruction. God, thank you that God, even though we were self-destructive, you came just in time to set us free. Come on, everybody. Give him praise for that. So God, we open our hearts to you today. And we, we just open our hearts asking you, God, to minister the truth to us. Uh, open up the eyes of our understanding so we can see what you want us to see. So we can hear what you want us to hear and understand, God, what you want us to understand. We thank you now for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Yeah, Vicki reminded me um, years ago, she taught a message. I'll never forget the phrase. You can write it out in your Bible. It says, if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. You hear me? If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. You know, sometimes we're waiting, you know, for something big. Oh, yeah, if, if I just get something big, then I'll give. You know, I'll get involved in the building project. If I just, you know, have a spe- No, step out by faith and make a sacrifice, make a commitment, and God will honor that sacrifice. He'll honor it, hallelujah, for his glory and honor, just like you did um, for Austin Clement there, him and his wife making a commitment. They've got a lot of needs, just like anybody else does, but they're trusting God, and you can, uh, you can do the same. Amen. Open your Bibles to Hebrews 11th, Hebrews, the 11th chapter. If you got your phone, open your phone, whatever you use. Uh, don't be watching. If somebody's watching a movie uh, on the phone when I'm preaching, just let me know. <laughs> you just never know what people are doing on their phones you know, when, when you're teaching the Word of God. But anyway, Hebrews 11 chapter, we've been doing a series on the subject of faith. And last week, we found this out, that faith has a voice. Faith speaks. Faith has a voice so that when you're speaking the Word of God, something supernatural takes place in your life. Effective, mountain-moving faith always is found in two places. You'll find that out when you study the Word of God, when you, when you study the people of God, Faith always had a voice, and it was always found in two places. Listen, always in two places, in your heart and in your mouth, always in two places. Faith, active faith, powerful faith, mountain-moving faith is always in two places, your heart and in your mouth. During creation, the phrase, and God said, and God said, and God said, is mentioned nine times. So even God knew that creation came not only out of his imagination and the creativity of his heart, but it also came out of his confession. And God said, let there be light. And man, the Holy Ghost honored the word and brought light into the darkness. How many are glad that God brought the light of his word into the darkness of your life? Now listen, there are 365 promises in the Bible regarding the coming Messiah. 
We know them as messianic prophecies. What does that mean? Every, there was a prophecy of Christ's coming for every day of our lives so that we would never lose hope. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? So they're called prophecies because God knew for that word to come to pass, it would have to be spoken from generation to generation to generation, even up to this one today, praise God. For you to have the creative work of God in your life, you're going to have to start believing like God believes and start speaking what God speaks. Amen. We're going to look at a couple uh, things here today that happen, both positive and negative, regarding the power of your words. Here's what the Lord said in Isaiah 55. You can put that up there. It's beautiful scripture. For as the rain comes down and snow from heaven and does not return thither, but it has a purpose. What does it do? The rain and the snow waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud. I love this part. That it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. See, when you come to church and you bring your tithes, that is seed. That is the seed from the abundance of the overflow that God blessed you with. I always remind people, if you're a good salesman, if you work in a factory and you're good with your hands or or you're in sales, you're, you're good with your mouth, all that gifting came from God. Do you hear me? It came from God. Therefore, you come to church and you come to worship him and honor him for the giftings that he's putting in your life. And then you're able to bring your tithe or the 10 percent expressing your gratitude and your faith in him. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that he said 10 percent and at 90 and not 90. But even if he said 90 percent, he would grace you to live on the 10. Amen. But 10 percent, the tithe actually, uh, the tithe uh, the knowledge of the tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of life. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil represented the tithe and represented ownership. Everything about your life, you don't own anything. How many believe that God owns your life? Especially when you surrender your life to Christ. He owns your life. And so it all belongs to him. All the talents, all the giftings, all the abilities. And so anything that comes into your life, it, it, it belongs to God. And so you're able to use those, whether they're gifts and talents, the singing and the playing and whatever, you know, the serving or the acting. Oh, by the way, I'm so grateful. Angie said we have about 50 choir members. Come on, let's give God praise for that. That's awesome. 50 choir members. We haven't had a choir that big for a while, so thank you. We're just thrilled we're going to have a great Christmas production. And uh, thank you for making the sacrifices necessary to make it as best it can be to honor God during that season. Amen. So let's... um, uh, uh, shall not return, the word shall not return unto God void, but it shall prosper in the thing where to it's sent. The Bible says, it shall prosper. It shall prosper. Say, God's word always prospers. God's word always Say it again. Yeah, oh, it always does. It always, but it has to be in the right place to prosper. It's just like seed, the seed corn. Uh, we had a granary years ago. When I was raised a little boy, we had a granary. In that granary, we kept the seed that's going to go into the field. And it would, have been, it would not have benefited my dad at all if the grain would have stayed in the granary. It had to be put in the place where it germinates, grows, and produces a harvest. Amen. You put the word of God in your heart. The heart, we touch, teaching this on the parable of the sower, the heart is the soil to which God's word goes into and begins to grow, listen, and begins to change you from the inside out. See, a lot of times we don't come to God as sinners because uh, we want to get straightened out before we come, but that will never happen. You come, and then he straightens you out. Hallelujah. He cleans you up from the inside out, and he does it by two ways, by his word and by his spirit. All right, let's move on. 
In Hebrews 11, chapter, verse 1, now faith is, that's present, faith is, that's present, faith is the substance of things hoped for, that's future, the evidence of things not seen. That means when you find a scripture, a promise from God's word, you can release your faith in that, even though it may be something that you're believing for, but it's out there in the future. And there's so many examples in the Bible regarding that, but that's what faith is. It's trusting God that he will honor his word uh, in your life, uh, no matter how long it takes, no matter how difficult it is, you're trusting God. That's what faith is. Faith is simply trusting God with your life. I told that last week. It's trusting God with your present situation and, pres- uh, and trusting God with your future. And uh, we've been serving God now for almost 51 years. And I just want, got good news for you. God is faithful. He will take good care of you. Hallelujah. Amen. He's a faithful Lord. He honors his word. He's not a man that he should lie. So. How, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is certainty that what we hope for, that's future, is waiting for us even though we cannot see it up ahead. Verse 6, but without faith, without trusting God, without trusting God, it's impossible to please him. That word impossible, you, it's impossible to, be, to please him. The word please means to be in fully agreement with him, fully agreement with him. Without faith, it's impossible to be in fully agreement with God, okay? All right. He that comes to God must believe that he is, that he's what? That he's going to honor the promises in his word that he gave you for your present and for your future. Now, turn if you were to Romans, the 10th chapter. This is where we were last week. We'll go back to this, read a couple of things, and then we'll uh, go back to the book of Deuteronomy. Now, in Romans 10, verse 6, it says, Paul writing to the church, he says, Now the righteousness which is of faith speaks. The righteousness which is of faith says something. It's got a message. So what is it saying? He tells us, verse 8, the word, that, that word, the word word there is, is the word rhema. It simply means the spoken word. So he says here that the spoken word is near you. See, we have the written word of God. I'm telling you, man, when I, when I first got saved and I opened this Bible, I'll share it in the first service, and it's really true. When I, I surrendered my life when I, when I was 21 years old, I went on the road trucking and um, uh, all over the United States. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have GPSs. I had a big Atlas map that laid across my steering wheel trying to figure out where to go. Uh, I've told this story, but it's true. I picked up a couple of young guys. This is right when I started. I was only out like two weeks, and I picked up some young guys uh, off the street. We did that in those days. It was safe. And, to, and hired them to help me on, uh, to love furniture. And I, I mean, I was so passionate about the things of God. And uh, I was sharing, both, they were both 16 years old, so I was sharing with them about Christ and his love for them. And I was witnessing to them. And all of a sudden, you know, I went through a stoplight. I, I mean, I went through a light. It, wasn't, it was green. But I stopped suddenly right on the other side of that. Why? Because I hit a bridge that was 10-6 and my truck was 12-6. And that really does wake you up. It just split the top of my truck wide open. And, and I mean, that was really hard because I just started trucking. I mean, just, you know, it was, might have been probably my second load. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I was in it very long. And uh, split that thing wide open. And, uh, but guess what? I'm hoping my labor wasn't in vain that those two kids are serving God today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I shared Christ with them. But I used to go down the road. It really is true. I don't recommend it. But uh, my, my, my Bible fat per, sat perfectly, fit perfectly within the spokes of the steering wheel. And I would read my Bible driving down the road 
Um, yeah, I don't recommend it for nobody, but I was so hungry for the things of God. And, I would, and, and the revelation knowledge, would, well, what happened is that the night I, uh, it was January 31st, 1972, I was on my knees, I was on my knees um, uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana, and um, going to their school, their training school for Mayflower. And, uh, and, that, and I just left my wife and, uh, and six-month-old daughter at home, and, and I'm, I'm cut a ways away from home. And so I got on my knees, and I just began to start weeping before the Lord. And the reason is because up at that point, I'd been compromising, I'd been doing drugs and trying to be a witness to my friends. And, but I, uh, that night was it. I had made a decision that I was no longer going to live that way. And so I, 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 I recommitted my life to Christ. And, and, and again, it's so hard to explain the supernatural, but, but God knows your heart. And man, when I cried out to him, I'm telling you, I woke up the next, kids, I woke up the next morning, and I mean, it was, I, I was like I was triple born again. I mean, the presence of God was all over me, flooding me. I, I couldn't hardly contain it. I was so excited, praise God. Amen. I mean, there was a, a divine intervention in my life at that very moment. And so I had such a, and, and seriously, up to that point, the Bible was okay, but it was on fire. It was on fire. Everything coming off the pages, just flying at me, revelation knowledge. It was just powerful. That's why I couldn't put the Bible down. I'd start driving down the interstate, and I'd put my Bible up there, and I'd just be flipping, oh, hallelujah, oh, hallelujah. I'm just growing in grace and truth, praise God. Amen. I said, Amen. Get a hunger for the word of God. The written, so the, word of, the written word of God is powerful. It's, um, it contains every provision that you're going to ever need on this side of eternity. Amen. But by itself, listen, the word of God by itself doesn't have the power to change your life. It doesn't have the power to change the circumstances of life. It doesn't. It's got to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Paul said the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. Amen. That's why I always try, whether it's an Angie does, she tries to, uh, during praise and worship, trying to get people involved. Why? Just simply trying to get you to act on your faith and not stand there like you're a dead corpse, you know, waiting for the song to get over. You're, you're, to, you're practicing developing a relationship with God so that when you leave here, you still got it. Hallelujah. You're driving on the road, praise God, and you're passionate about your relationship with the Lord. Can I have an amen? amen. So, the, so the word of God is not, it doesn't have any power till it's spoken. It's the spoken word of God that the Holy Spirit anoints in your life and begins to manifest it over your life. And he really did for me. Praise God. I mean, he, he, he answered more prayers for me. I led more people to the Lord during that time. I thought, I thought maybe when we got out of Ramah, I'd be an evangelist because I had such a passion for souls. I really did. I didn't know that we would be pastoring a church because uh, I was driven um, our sole purpose, as the sign says up here, our sole purpose is souls. We want to get people here. If you can get them here, God will touch them here. Can I have an amen? And he will. And he will because he's faithful to, um, to convicting people because he loves people. Amen. So Paul, inspired by the Holy Ghost, said, The letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. See, when God said, Let there be light in Genesis 1-3, the Holy Spirit went right into action to bring that to pass. Salvation came into our world through the spoken word of God. What does I mean? What do I mean by, mean by that? Genesis 3-15. The, 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 the moment Adam transgressed, God turned right to the serpent and he said, The seed of the woman is gonna crush your head. That word head there is his position of authority. 
And uh, the moment those words came out of God's mouth, there was nothing the devil could do about it. He was a defeated foe at that very moment. And though it took 4,000 years to get the Savior into our world, praise God, it came because God's word doesn't return on him void. Believe, if you believe it, give a good shout of praise to God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The word is nigh thee, even in your heart and in your mouth, Paul says. The word is near you in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So last week, and just again, just run through this really quick, we studied about the children of Israel, how they've been in captivity for 430 years. Um, stop for a moment. 430, I always think of generation, 430 years, they had been in captivity to Egypt. So they, the, the culture of Egypt was fully on the inside of them. They didn't know God from a snowball. They knew nothing. And they knew nothing about God. They, were, uh, they had already conformed to the culture of Egypt. But God in his mercy, when they cried out to God, God remembered his covenant with Abraham and sent them a deliverer by the name of Moses. And God delivered them supernaturally. Can I have an amen? But what he was frustrated with was the fact that they just would not stick with him. They just wouldn't stay faithful to him. And God was so frustrated with them because they would not just line up with him, just line their faith up with him. They, they got into just constant complaining and murmuring and bickering. And God was so grieved in his heart that he could not get their attention. And Caleb, you know their story. They went, to the, they went to the promised land. They went to the edge of the promised land. 11-day journey, 11-day journey, not 40 years, 11-day journey. And they got to the edge of the promised land. They sent the spies in. Ten came back. Two came back with an evil report, which was what? Caleb and Joshua. Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able. And the other said, we're not able. We're able. No, we're not able. We're able. No, we're not able. We're not able to get our needs met. We're not able to do this, not able to do that. And, and all of a sudden, God is grieved because we're complaining when we should be praising him. Bickering instead of staying in faith. And their evil words of unbelief paralyzed them from reaping God's best. And what's interesting about that story, I never thought about it until yesterday, Hebrews 3 and 4. In Hebrews 3 and 4, God rehearses that story in Numbers, the book of Numbers. Why? Because he didn't want the church to fall into the same unbelief that the children of Israel did. Now listen, if, if God made it so he wanted to know, he wants you to know that just beware, just, just think, just watch it so that you don't make the same mistakes that the first generation of believers did and start complaining and murmuring how tough life is. And then you disconnect from God. How many believe God is a loving God and a faithful God? He really is. Amen. But it all depends on how we are responding to him as believers. Amen. So God didn't want the New Testament church to, to fall into the same traps of fearing the giants. And there's always going to be giants. Man, we're facing some of the biggest giants today you've ever seen. The COVID giant, the political giants, the economic giants. There's giants all around us, but God's going to take care of us. I said God's going to take care of us. What? Take care of us. Why don't you give him praise like you believe it? Amen. Amen. He's going to take care of us. Hallelujah. Now, real quick here. Romans 10. Well, I want to read this. Uh, this is the New King James Version. But what does it, the righteousness of faith, say? Here's what it says. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach or decree. That if you confess with your mouth 
the Lordship of Christ or Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. The word saved means delivered, healed, preserved, protected, and made whole. Does that sound awesome or what? For with the heart man believes unto right standing with God, and with his mouth confession is made unto deliverance, health, wholeness, and safety. That's what the word salvation means. Amen. Now, salvation, listen now. Salvation includes all of the blessings that we confess during the offering. If you haven't read them for a while, go back and read them. The Message Bible is really good when it comes, really kind of cool, the way it says out of the Message Translation, Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14. So you've been redeemed, praise God, so that God could bless you once again. The blessings that were upon the first generation of believers is upon us. The same blessings, okay? Now, then it lists from verse 15 of Deuteronomy 28 to verse 68, it lists all the curses. So you can read those. Why? Because you've been delivered from all those curses, every one of them. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. See, that's what God wants you to know, that... Um, that, you know, um, again, this was the way it was when we were first saved, uh, started Faith Family Church. We had no money. We had no money for insurance. And insurance, listen, insurance was way cheaper than it is now. In fact, it's, it's, uh, it's quadrupled uh, uh, than when we first came here. But we didn't have any money to have insurance. Now, we weren't so, you know, going around blabbing that we had such great faith we needed insurance. That, no, it had nothing to do with it. We couldn't afford it. And so we just simply trusted God. And God took care of us. I'm telling you, he really took care of us, and we're grateful for it. Amen. Now, we do have health insurance, but, but at that time, we didn't have any. And sometimes, you know, hey, wherever you're at, you're at, but trust God, because God will take care of you. I said God will take care of you. And why will he? Because he said in the word, he would, praise the Lord. Amen. I said amen. Now turn to Deuteronomy 30. We'll, we'll, we'll just kind of wind it up from here. Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. This is... Why is this important? Because this is where Paul got the utterance or the writing in Romans 10. The word is nigh thee, even in thy heart and thy mouth. That is the word of faith which you preach. Paul actually takes that from the book of Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. So let's, uh, we'll begin reading verse 6. It says, And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. And the heart of thy seed, to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with, that thou mayest live. Now, just to help you understand this, the circumcision of the heart means you're born again. So he was prophesying of the promise that he would bring salvation to the world. Isn't that cool? But see, there, but listen, in the Old Testament, though they weren't born again, they could have the, they could have the favor of a circumcised heart. They could have God's presence and God's provision. Now, you understand, God couldn't manifest his presence to the children of Israel because, because if they just got in his presence, they'd drop dead because he's holy and they were imperfect, okay? All right, you understand that? And so, uh, but they could, they could reap all the benefits of redemption, praise God, by just staying in faith and agreeing with God, okay? Let's go on, verse nine. And the Lord thy God, uh, the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work, of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy land, for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers, if. Every promise of God is preceded by a command. If, if what? Verse 10. If thou wilt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments or his word, his statutes, uh, which are written in this book of the law, and if thou shalt turn unto the Lord with all thine heart and with all thy soul. 
Amen. So every promise and blessing of God, whether it's Old or New Testament, is always conditional. There's something that you need to do, and God will honor that because you're acting on your faith. He will respond with the supernatural. Now look at verse 11. For this commandment, which I commanded this day, is not hidden far from thee, neither is it far off. Okay? He's letting them know, hey, it's a lot closer than you think. It is not in heaven that you should say, uh, who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? Why is that important? Because the Pharisees preached that their Messiah hadn't come yet. Okay? So he's saying, hey, don't, don't say that. And then what else? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, who shall go over the sea for us, bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. Amen. Now, two, two doctrines are being preached when Jesus was on the earth. There was the doctrine of uh, the Messiah hadn't come yet and the doctrine of no resurrection. And so he was trying to correct both of those even back then. Watch this. But the word is nigh thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Now, verse 15, see, I have said before thee this day, life and death, uh, excuse me, this day, life and good and death and evil. So he's referring life and death, good and evil to your confession. Now, if you'll confess my faithfulness, if you will just praise me for the manna that comes down from heaven, for the water that flows from the rock, for the cloud that covers you by day and the fire that keeps you warm at night in the desert. If you'll just praise me for these little things. See, we, this is where we get in trouble. We overlook just the little things of life and how good God is. I don't know about you, but I've traveled the world and there's no nation like the United States. But if we keep moving away from him, we'll become like every other nation. Wouldn't that be scary to think that America would become a third world country? But you get the wrong people in office and it will. Amen. So this is where Paul got this writing from. Amen. So the exact same laws of faith and confession, listen, that was required of Israel is required of us today. That we line up our confession with God, be thankful, live a very thankful heart, a life, live a very humble life before the Lord. And just give him praise for the little things in your life that are good. If you agree, say amen to that. Let's go on. We'll read just a few more here. And then, But uh, it says here, um, in, in verse 16, In that I command thee this day to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and that the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land where thou goest to search it. Verse 19. Now I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that thou and thy seed may live, because your seed's going to mimic you. If you're always murmuring, always complaining, always uh, the glass is always half empty, if, if that's your attitude on a daily basis, that'll be the attitude of your seed. And they'll grow up, listen, they'll grow up denouncing God because they never saw it or heard it in their lives. Again, remember what the Lord said to me? First time I ever heard him talk to me audibly, not in the voice that you hear today, but audibly in the inside. Driving down the road in my 1968 Camaro, crying out to God because my friends wouldn't listen to me, and because, you know, I was, I was doping with them, getting high with them, and sharing Jesus with them. So I said, Lord, I just don't understand why my friends aren't listening to what I have to say. And he spoke as audibly as I'm talking to you, only in here he says, because you're just like them. 
He didn't say I was better than them. I mean, you know, he, he, just because you separate yourself from people doesn't make you better than them. It makes you wiser than them. I don't know how we can, you know, always, you know, get out and hang around with, you know, uh, our old friends who are doing drugs and drinking and chewing and smoking and whatever, choking and whatever else they're doing. And you want their lives changed and they can't tell any difference between you and them because you're, you're talking like them, you're acting like them and living like them. It just doesn't work. If you agree, say amen to that. Again, doesn't make us better, just makes us wiser because God wants us to live a separated life unto him. So our words create life or death, blessing or cursing, hope or hopelessness, victory or defeat. And, and they're a perfect example, the Israelites, because God had a beautiful place for them to enter. And they all, the first generation, every one of them died not seeing God's best, all because of their confession, all because of what they believe in their hearts. And nothing's changed from them to us. And I wrote this down. I wonder how many times in our lives that we are literally, seriously, we're literally hours or days away from the, the great breakthrough that we've been believing for. And all of a sudden, we get discouraged and start spewing our mouths. And unbelief is coming out instead of faith. I told you we'd never get that. I told you this would never happen. I told you I'd never get that job. I told you I'd never get a raise. And all of a sudden, we're talking, we're cursing ourselves by our own confession. And God doesn't want that for any of us. Can I have an amen? amen. He doesn't. I'll give you a few verses here, and then we'll close in prayer. Matthew 12, I'll put that up for Crystal, if you would. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation and words can be your damnation. Now, what happened to the children of Israel is that they got so critical when the, when the 10 spies came back with that evil report, that negative report filled with unbelief and fear, that spread like a cancer on all of that generation. <laughs> and and um, they wept. Numbers 14, one says that they, they wept uncontrollably because they lost all hope. And what they wanted to do, they wanted to kill Moses and Aaron. When it was Moses and Aaron that brought them that far. And in the book of Numbers, it says that God heard them, their complaints, and this is what God said. Listen, guys, I am fed up with your complaining, your bickering, your negativity. And when, you know what they said? It would be better if we had just died in this stinking wilderness. He says, okay, it's yours. And they died in this stinking wilderness. And it was never God's will. Can anybody at all with an uplifted hand relate to that kind of negativity in your life at some time or another. Sure, you just get so, you, know, you get careless, and all of a sudden you're spewing out things that, that actually become a curse in your life instead of a blessing. Amen. And so they died. Their destinies, listen, their destinies were determined by their confession. Never the will of God. 11 days, bam, you're in. Bam, we've got it. Bam, a land flowing with milk and honey. No, it was a land of Man from heaven for 40 years, wearing the same clothes. Can you imagine living around women who have to wear the same clothes and shoes for 40 years? <laughs> I'm serious. Wouldn't be no happy campers. 
But that was never the will of God. The will of God is that they have God's best. Say, God, God wants me to have his best. All right, I want to read this next verse, Matthew 18. So before I read this, just like faith, fear is also found in two places, in the heart and in the mouth. Matthew 18. Take this most seriously. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. And a no on earth is a no in heaven. What you say to one another is eternal. I mean this. When two of you together, when two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. Yeah. Is that awesome? My Father in heaven goes into action. I love that. And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. To do what? To bring that agreement to fruition. Amen. Faith in two places is called agreement. When your faith within lines up with your confession without, that's divine harmony. That's when the impossibilities become possible. That's when the temporal begins to line up with the eternal. Both your mouth and your heart must be in harmony for your faith to work. The pressures of life will tempt you to divide your mouth from your heart. That's believing God's word. James says to bridle your tongue. We'll talk about that next week. How powerful your confession is. Learn to speak what you want to come to pass and then let your faith do the impossible. <laughs> That's so good, isn't it? Then let your faith do the impossible. Then let your faith do what you can't do. You rest in God and let God be God. Can I have an amen? Let be God. Let God be God of your life, of your relationships, of your business. Praise the Lord. Amen. I said amen. Why don't you stand? Musicians, why don't you come? How many here... Just no one look around for a moment. Just you know, and I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but you know inside that your attitude has been bad. Your words have been bad. They've been negative. They've been critical. And today you're going to put a stop to this and you want me to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. But what we're going to do is I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm first going to pray for you. And God, you're going to curse those words so that they don't come to pass in your life. God wants to give you abundant life. And he is no respecter of persons. He will bless your socks off if you'll just believe him, love him, and serve him. Amen. Amen. Now, Father, I pray for this precious congregation today. And God, inside right now, we just look deep inside. And God, I thank you that you love us. But Lord, you know that you cannot work in us when we're negative and when we're critical and when we're bitter. And so, Father... In the name of Jesus, God, I pray for the precious blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all sin. God, we don't want those words to come to harvest. We want to harvest, amen, we want to harvest the good things, God, that you promised in your word, like healing and deliverance and peace and joy and, and the prosperity in every area of life. Give him praise for that if you believe it. God, I thank you for that, and I give you praise for it. So, Lord, thank you. We receive forgiveness. And we curse those words. Say it out loud. I curse those words. Amen. Lord, we curse the words, God, that have been coming out of our mouths that haven't been right. And, God, we thank you when we curse them, they die, and they'll not come to fruition. And we give you praise for it. Everybody lift your hands for a moment and give them praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Do you have that confession up there, Crystal? Amen. I want every one of you to say this out loud. I want you to say, these are words that I just wrote out, but they're a confession. And I want you to read them, but read them like you mean it, okay? 
All right, this is a confession, everybody. Heavenly Father, I praise you for your unconditional love and for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you for saving me and for continuing to work in me, with me, and through me. I confess that you are my Savior, my Lord, my Redeemer, my Healer, and Deliverer. You promised in your word you would provide everything I would ever need on this side of heaven. I believe it, and I praise you for it. Okay, lift your hands and give him praise real quick. Thank you, Father. Continue. Thank you that greater is the Holy Spirit living in me than he that is in the world. I willingly yield to his counsel and leadership. I praise you, Father, that through salvation I have inherited the name which is above every name, Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. I praise you that the name of Jesus is above every sickness and every disease, including COVID-19, hallelujah, and every other curse recorded in your word. I believe the name of Jesus is above every assault of the evil one. And I also thank you that you haven't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Therefore, I choose to believe your word above all the chaos around me. It may be around me, but I refuse to allow it to get in me. I will continue to trust you with my life, my family, and my finances. Now, Father, thank you for responding to my prayer of faith, and I rest in you knowing it will come to pass in Jesus' name. Lift your hands and give him praise. Hallelujah. Uh, come on. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. You start talking like that, man. You'll, people will start being drawn to you because they'll, they'll, they'll sense the, the presence of God in your life. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.